Grab your favorite caffeinated beverage and get cozy because you are listening to Mindful as a Mother with Paige Bruce and Lindsay Adams. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for therapy or the therapeutic relationship. And the information given in this podcast is purely for educational purposes and is not intended to replace the advice of a professional. Hello and welcome back to Mindful as a Mother. Lindsay here and today's episode is one of my favorite topics to talk about and this is because I mess up a lot in parenting. I lose my cool with my kids and this is the system for what you do after you lose your cool. I personally call it repair after rupture, but I've heard other people call it other things. And so I'm going to break it down for you and describe it and give examples in a way that will make it easy for you to implement in your own home with your kids. When is it important to use repair after rupture? Using repair after rupture is super important when there has been any disconnect in the relationship with your child. The example I'll give and the most common times that people use it and I use it is when you um, have lost it on your kids and maybe yelled at them. It can also be used during times when you have like disappointed your kids or not been able to show up for them because of life and work and those things that just come up that keep us from being able to like show up and parent in the way that we want to. Can be used anytime there is a disconnect or a disruption in your relationship with your child. Repairing after rupture is super important for a few different reasons. Number one, we are modeling what conflict resolution skills and accountability look like to our kids. And there's no better way to teach our kids how to take accountability and how to resolve conflicts than modeling it in our relationship with them. The second part is that we're showing to them that they do not have to be perfect because we ourselves are not perfect. So that when they make a mistake in the future, they are less likely to be super hard on themselves and get stuck in that shame cycle and that negative self-talk. And they're able to take accountability and move forward with whoever they have hurt. To illustrate repair after rupture, I'm going to tell you a little story. Friday evenings are a bit of a disaster in my house because I'm exhausted. I've worked all day. And on this particular Friday evening, Tim was sick. And so he was like not around to be helping me with the parenting. I had worked all day. I was tired. I think I was recovering from being sick. And yeah, it was just a long day. So I get home from work. I hang out with the kids for a little bit, and then I just want to kind of sit on the couch and watch my show. I'm envisioning a Friday evening where I'm sitting on the couch watching my show. The kids are playing quietly. They're all getting along, you know, those times. And uh, until bedtime, and then things go smoothly, and it's just relaxing, and I'm totally fine. That is not how it worked out. So it was one of my day, one of those days where my kids were just freaking on one. Um, and for them, like I can tell they're on one when they're just like, they love to just create chaos. And so they had been like making some messes and I had been kind of getting frustrated. I'd been trying to like redirect them. I'd stayed pretty calm though. And my girls had been on this kick where they want to make their own juice. 
And so they go up and they take the, the meal, like the drops you squirt into water and they make their own juice. So they had asked me if they could get a drink of water. And I said, yes, that's fine. That's something they're totally capable of doing by themselves. They have their cups. They know how to work the fridge water. So it gets kind of quiet up there. So I go up there and there is this red dye all over my freshly mopped floor. And I immediately like felt myself getting just pissed. Like I just want to sit on the couch and watch my show. I've worked all week. I told them they could get water. They didn't ask me for help. And now I've got to like pretty much mop the whole floor again. Um, so I just lost it. I started yelling and I sent the girls to their rooms, which isn't something I normally do. So I think that freaked them out too, is that's like not my normal response to send them to their room. Yelling is more, I do that more than I want to admit or than I like for sure. So I send them to their room. They're screaming and crying in their room and I can tell they're really upset. And immediately after I reacted, I was like, oh man, I really messed that one up. Like I could have handled that so much better. So I decided to take a few deep breaths. I cried and I mopped the floor before even going to their room or started mopping the floor, I think. Um, and then about like after crying and scrubbing, I felt like my body start to relax and I was like, okay, I feel like I'm in a place where I can go down and talk to them now. I go down and I talk to them and uh, I tell them like, I'm really sorry that I yelled at you. And Ava responds immediately with like, yeah, mom, you really scared me. And that felt like a knife in my heart. <laughs> and I wanted to be like, well, if you weren't making so many messes, I wouldn't have to yell at you and scare you. But I didn't. I just sat there and I let them tell me how they felt. And then eventually they said, it's okay, mom, just don't yell at us again. And I said, okay, like I, I'm really working on that. I don't like it when I yell at you guys. And then they were like, okay, so we all like hugged. And then I'm like, let's go watch a movie together. So we went and got Sam and we all watched a movie together and we had like a great rest of the night. In this story, I used the formula for repair after rupture and I'm going to break it down for you. Step one is to calm yourself down. Now, had I entered into their room before I was calm and before I had like had a good cry, got my the floor to a place where like, okay, I feel okay about this. It doesn't feel overwhelming. Like it's in the back of my mind and I need to go do that. I would not have been able to show up and apologize and be present for them in a productive way. I probably would have been still pretty mad and I may have launched into a whole thing about like, why don't you, um, why aren't you listening? Why are you making messes? Blah, blah, blah. Right. And so really allowing myself the time to calm down and get grounded and get back in my body was able to help me show up and parent in the way I wanted to be because I wasn't reacting based off like the fight or flight that I was in before I was able to be intentional about the things that I was doing. Step two is apologize. Notice how I just said, I am sorry that I yelled at you guys. I did not launch into, but you made such a big mess, but I'm really tired and I just wanted to watch my show and you guys give me messes. No, none of that. I just owned my stuff and I apologize for it. Yes, there will be a time for them learning a lesson later and I'll talk about that at the end, but that wasn't, this wasn't the time. What needed to be addressed was that I had lost my cool and damaged my relationship with them momentarily. 
not the fact that there was like juice on the floor or that, that, that you know, they think there were three at the time. Three-year-olds are going to be three-year-olds, right? That's not really the problem. The problem was my reaction and I need to own that and be accountable for that. The next step is three, hold space. When we hold space for our child, we allow them to express what they are feeling and experiencing to us in a way that allows us to support them and validate them without dismissing or negating their feelings. Now, when Ava told me that she was scared because I had raised my voice at her, I could have reacted with like, oh, but you know mom would never hurt you. Don't be scared. You don't need to be scared of mom. Because when your child tells you they're afraid of you, that is like a freaking knife in your heart. That is the last thing you ever want your kid to be of you, especially if you maybe had times as a child where you were afraid of your parents. My whole goal in parenting is to raise kids that aren't afraid of me or my reactions. And I might be failing, but that's okay because I'm trying. So when she said that, that triggered all of my own shit. And I felt like I'm failing at this. I can't believe I effed up again. And I um, yelled at them. Like, why can't I keep it together? It's just juice on the floor. Lindsay, like, I could have gone into that. I also, and said, oh, don't, don't worry, right? Because that negates their feelings or invalidates them. I also could have responded still maybe in an angry manner and said, well, I wouldn't have had to yell at you if you hadn't made a big mess. If you would just listen to me, then you wouldn't have to feel scared of mom, right? And that just puts the blame back on them. And it's not me actually hearing them holding space, healing the relationship and taking accountability so I can move forward. So even though I felt like she kicked me in the stomach, I just sat there with it and tried to validate and support her feelings as much as I could. Then when they accepted my apology, we hugged and moved on. So hugging, I think, is great. Like any kind of reconnect physical touch and then doing something to set the relationship back on the right path because you don't want to leave it in the state of being ruptured. What I did was I I had time and I chose to spend quality time with them. And it's something that we normally do on Friday nights, but I made it, you know, I made popcorn, we snuggled and... We, we had a great time. And so I felt like the relationship really got back on the right foot with both of my girls. Now, sometimes you don't have that time where maybe your child is older and they don't respond as warmly to like wanting to watch a movie with you. This is where you can like have a hug, make a joke, end the conversation on a light note so that when you're leaving the situation with them, you can um, leave it feeling good about your relationship. So this may be like they accept your apology. And if they're not ready to be in this place, that's okay. We need to respect that and, and come back and do this piece later. So this piece doesn't have to be done right away if your child is the kind that needs a lot of time to calm down. Or maybe they aren't feeling like they have forgiven you yet and they need time. I think it's really important to model to our kids that they can take space and time to calm down and forgive people too. And so really um, following their lead and recognizing like, hey, they're not maybe ready for this conversation. They're still really upset. And I think this can happen more as kids get older because as they hit like the preteen teen years, their desire is not as much to reconnect after they're mad at you. They want you to leave them alone. And so finding a window to maybe apologize, let them know that you're ready to talk when they are, and then giving them time and space to process what's happened and then doing these last steps. So the connecting step can be an activity. It can be a hug. It can be joking around. Anything fun to kind of put the relationship back on the right course. Now, I know someone is going to DM me and say, I get this, but then how do I teach my kids 
the lesson in the first place. I've got you. So I think it's important to keep in mind that if you had been able to keep yourself calm, and I'm laughing because I'm terrible at this, uh, you would have been able to teach the lesson in the moment and it would have been the most effective. But because you lost your shit, you have to wait to teach the lesson to have it be somewhat effective and even still not as effective because it is overshadowed by you losing your damn cool. So later in the night when we were having our little movie party and snuggling, I talked with them. They wanted a drink. And so I said, yes, let's go. Um, what would you like to drink? And they wanted juice. And so I used that as an opportunity to talk to them. I said, remember what happened earlier? And they said, yes. And I said, okay, um, it is totally fine for you to have juice, but I just need you to ask me so that you um, can get help so that you don't make a mess. And it's okay if you even want to try and do it yourself, but I need to be standing here so I can help you if it looks like it's going to get messy. And they were both like, okay, okay. Um, you can also use this time as a way to like set the, and this is a totally different like formula and skill, but like set the expectation of like, um, okay, you need to ask me and then the um, what the consequence will be or the boundary. If you don't do that again, this will be the consequence. We'll have to take a break from juice. I, I did this at a later time, and maybe I'll have to get into that on another podcast. Um, but I kind of just said in this moment, like, hey, you really just need to ask me. It's totally fine for you to have juice. I just need to make sure that you're not making a mess. And they were like, okay, and it was totally fine. So I still was able to do the correction piece for the behavior. I just had to wait longer. And that's why I think it's so beneficial to be able to stay calm with our kids because then we can just do the correction piece in the moment in a way that's not like taking two hours to correct from our kids spilling juice. I probably didn't take two hours, but like, or to connect and correct rather than like going through this whole thing of like my emotions, getting them more activated. We all have to calm down and then, then we can do like the connection and the correction piece. Something I think that's also important to keep in mind is that when your body goes into fight or flight, so if you are the, if you're losing it or your child is in the middle of losing it, after you have raised your voice at them. It takes um, your brain and body a long time to calm down from the chemicals that it released. And this is simply because when all of these hormones and neurotransmitter transmitters, sorry, are released, your body has to like process them. It's like when you drink alcohol, you ha- your body, ha- your liver has to process the alcohol before you're sober. Your brain or your body has to po- process these chemicals before it is calm. And so when we have these big reactions and we get really activated and then they get really activated, it just prolongs these these events um, into things that are really much longer than they need to be. And then everyone's upset and agitated. And I'm not saying we don't learn good lessons here. I think the takeaway, if you're feeling shame and guilt about your reactions to your kids is you're learning good lessons and you're modeling really good repair behaviors to your children, which is a skill they need. If you never lost it on your kids, you would never be able to model the skill and then they wouldn't have the skill as adults. So you're actually doing them a disservice by being perfect. So keep that in mind when you're caught in the shame cycle, but then also really trying to work on those triggers and those reactions so that you don't have them as often. A lot of that comes when with noticing that like you're starting to get activated. So when I walked into the kitchen, I could feel my body like I had that gut reaction and and that's when I exploded. But there were these little events leading up to it that like I could tell, tell I was getting really frustrated and I was probably going to lose my cool. And I should have done something earlier to 
work through those feelings before um, just kind of trying to white knuckle it and continue on and watch my show. Because then when I was um, interrupted again, there was another mess and it was quite a big mess. That's when I had this really big reaction. So that's something that can be really helpful in minimizing the amount of like outbursts that we have as parents. I love calling them outbursts because that sounds funny. Um, <laughs> or people call them parent tantrums. And I'm like, that's exactly what happened. That day was a full on kicking and screaming two-year-old parent tantrum. Now, if you're like listening to this thinking, oh my gosh, this is so me. And you want more help learning how to um, regulate your emotions as a parent and then repair after rupture. You want to check out the mini course that Paige and I have called Check Yourself Before You Wreck Yourself. I'll put the link in the show notes. It's a very reasonably priced. It's $47 and it includes a Zoom video um, of us teaching the workshop and then two downloadable visualizations for you to do and for your own healing and then a journal that you can work through like inner child healing and your triggers for losing your cool. It is so good and so helpful if you're trying to unpack your own reactions and triggers and how they show up in your parenting. I hope you found this episode useful and we'll be back next week. Thanks for coming to Mindful as a Mother podcast. If you'd like more of us and Mindful as a Mother, you can find Paige at Instagram at Parenting with Paige and Lindsay at Linz underscore Adams LCSW. Find us on TikTok, Instagram, and in our Facebook group, creating community and smashing parental stigma, embracing mindful motherhood and positive parenting. Thanks so much and see you next time.